Chapter Forty Six of Principles of Geology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Principles of Geology by Charles Lyell. Chapter Forty Six Burying of Fossils in Alluvial Deposits and in Caves. Fossils in Alluvium. Effects of Sudden Inundations. Terrestrial animals most abundantly preserved in alluvium where earthquakes prevail. Marine alluvium. Buried town. Effects of landslips. Organic remains in fissures and caves. Form and dimensions of caverns. Their probable origin. Closed basins and subterranean rivers of the Moria. Catavathra. Formation of Bricias with red cement. Human remains embedded in Moria. Intermixture in caves of south of France and elsewhere. Of human remains and bones of extinct quadrupeds. No proof of former coexistence of man with those lost species. Fossils in Alluvium. The next subject for our consideration, according to the division before proposed, is the embedding of organic bodies in alluvium. The gravel, sand, and mud in the bed of a river does not often contain any animal or vegetable remains, for the whole mass is so continually shifting in place, and the attrition of the various parts is so great, that even the hardest rocks contained in it are at length ground down to powder. But when sand and sediment are suddenly swept by a flood and then let fall upon the land, such an alluvium may envelop trees or the remains of animals, which in this manner are often permanently preserved. In the mud and sand produced by the floods in Scotland in 1829, the dead and mutilated bodies of hares, rabbits, moles, mice, partridges, and even the bodies of men, were found partially buried, but in these and similar cases one flood usually effaces the memorials left by another, and there is rarely a sufficient depth of undisturbed transported matter in any one spot to preserve the organic remains for ages from destruction. Where earthquakes prevail, and the levels of a country are changed from time to time, the remains of animals may more easily be inhumed and protected from disintegration. Portions of plains loaded with alluvial accumulations by transient floods may be gradually upraised, and if any organic remains have been embedded in the transported materials, they may, after such elevation, be placed beyond the reach of the erosive power of streams. In districts where the drainage is repeatedly deranged by subterranean movements, every fissure, Every hollow caused by the sinking in of land becomes a depository of organic and inorganic substances hurried along by transient floods. Marine Alluvium In May 1787, a dreadful inundation of the sea was caused at Coringa, Ingaram, and other places on the coast of Coromandel, in the East Indies, by a hurricane blowing from the northeast 
which raised the waters so that they rolled inland to the distance of about twenty miles from the shore, swept away many villages, drowned more seven hundred and thirty-one than ten thousand people, and left the country covered with marine mud, on which the carcasses of about one hundred thousand head of cattle were strewed. An old tradition of the natives of a similar flood, said to have happened about a century before, was till this event regarded as fabulous by the European settlers. The same coast of Coromandel was, so late as May 1832, the scene of another catastrophe of the same kind, and when the inundation subsided, several vessels were seen grounded in the fields of the low country about Coringa. Many of the storms termed hurricanes have evidently been connected with submarine earthquakes, as is shown by the atmospheric phenomena attendant on them, and by the sounds heard in the ground and the odors emitted. Such were the circumstances which accompanied the swell of the Sea of Jamaica in 1780, when a great wave desolated the western coast and bursting upon savannah la mar swept away the whole town in an instant so that not a vestige of man beast or habitation was seen upon the surface houses and works of art in alluvial deposits a very ancient subterranean town apparently of hindu origin was discovered in india in eighteen thirty three in digging the doab canal its site is north of Saharanampur, near the town of Behat, and seventeen feet below the present surface of the country. More than one hundred and seventy coins of silver and copper have already been found, and many articles in metal and earthenware. The overlying deposit consisted of about five feet of river sand, with a substratum about twelve feet thick of red alluvial clay, in the neighborhood are several rivers and torrents, which descend from the mountains charged with vast quantities of mud, sand, and shingle, and within the memory of persons now living, the modern Behat has been threatened by an inundation, which, after retreating, left the neighboring country strewed over with a superficial covering of sand several feet thick. In sinking wells, in the environs, masses of shingle and boulders have been reached, resembling those now in the river channels of the same district, under a deposit of thirty feet of reddish loam. Captain Cautley, therefore, who directed the excavations, supposes that the matter discharged by torrents has gradually raised the whole country skirting the base of the lower hills, and that the ancient town, having been originally built in a hollow, was submerged by floods, and covered over with sediment seventeen feet in thickness. We are informed by Mr. Bobley that in the Moria the formation termed ceramique, consisting of pottery, tiles, and bricks intermixed with various works of art, enters so largely into the alluvium and vegetable soil upon the plains of Greece, and into hard and crystalline breccias, which have been formed at the foot of declivities, that it constitutes an important stratum which might, in the absence of zoological characters, serve to mark our epoch in a most indestructible manner. Land Slips 
the landslip by suddenly precipitating large masses of rock and soil into a valley overwhelms a multitude of animals and sometimes buries permanently whole villages with their inhabitants and large herds of cattle thus three villages with their entire population were covered when the mountain of piz fell in seventeen seventy two in the district of treviso in the state of venice and part of mount grenier south of chambery in savoy which fell down in the year twelve forty eight buried five parishes including the town and church of st andre the ruins occupying an extent of about nine square miles the number of lives lost by the slide of the rossberg in switzerland in eighteen o six was estimated at more than eight hundred a great number of the bodies as well as several villages and scattered houses being buried deep under mud and rock in the same country several hundred cottages with eighteen of their inhabitants and a great number of cows goats and sheeps were victim to the sudden fall of a bed of stones thirty yards deep which descended from the summits of the diablerays in valais in the year sixteen eighteen portion of mount canto fell in the county of chiavenna in switzerland and buried the town of pleurs with all its inhabitants to the number of two thousand four hundred and thirty it is unnecessary to multiply examples of similar local catastrophes which however numerous they may have been in mountainous parts of europe within the historical period have been nevertheless of rare occurrence when compared to events of the same kind which have taken place in regions convulsed with earthquakes it is then that enormous masses of rock and earth even in comparatively low and level countries are detached from the sides of valleys and cast down into the river courses and often so unexpectedly that they overwhelm even in the daytime every living thing upon the plains preservation of organic remains in fissures and caves in the history of earthquakes it was shown that many hundreds of new fissures and chasms had opened up in certain regions during the last one hundred and fifty years some of which are described as being of unfathomable depth we also perceive that mountain masses have been violently fractured and dislocated during their rise above the level of the sea and thus we may account for the existence of many cavities in the interior of the earth by the simple agency of earthquakes but there are some caverns especially in limestone rocks which although usually if not always connected with rents are nevertheless of such forms and dimensions alternately expanding into spacious chambers and then contracting again into narrow passages that it is difficult to conceive that they can owe their origin to the mere fracturing and displacement of solid masses in the limestone of kentucky in the basin of green river one of the seven hundred and thirty-three tributaries of the ohio a line of underground cavities has been traced in one direction for a distance of ten miles without any termination and one of the chambers of which there are many all connected by narrow tunnels 
is no less than ten acres in area and a hundred and fifty feet in its greatest height besides the principal series of entrevast there are a great many lateral embranchments not yet explored the cavernous structure here alluded to is not altogether confined to calcareous rocks for it has lately been observed in micaceous and argillaceous schist in the grecian island of thermia Scythnos of the ancients one of the cyclades here also spacious halls with rounded and irregular walls are connected together by narrow passages or tunnels and there are many lateral branches which have no outlet a current of water is evidently at some period flowed through the hole and left a muddy deposit of bluish clay upon the floor but the erosive action of the stream cannot be supposed to have given rise to the excavations in the first instance mr verlet suggests that fissures were first caused by earthquakes and that these fissures became the chimneys or vents for the disengagement of gas generated below by volcanic heat gases he observes such as muriatic sulphuric fluoric and others might if raised to a high temperature alter and decompose the rocks which they traverse there are signs of the former action of such vapors in rents of the micaceous schist of thermia and thermal springs now issue from the grottoes of that island we may suppose that afterwards the elements of the decomposed rocks were gradually removed in a state of solution by mineral waters a theory which according to mr verlet is confirmed by the effect of heated gases which escape from rents in the isthmus of corinth and which have greatly altered and corroded the hard siliceous and jaspedious rocks when we reflect on the quantity of carbonate of lime annually poured out by mineral waters we are prepared to admit that large cavities must in the course of ages be formed at considerable depths below the surface in calcareous rocks these rocks it will be remembered are at once more soluble more permeable and more fragile than any others at least all the compact varieties are very easily broken by the movements of earthquakes which would produce only flexures in argillaceous strata fissures once formed in limestone are not liable as in many other formations to become closed up by the impervious clayey matter and hence a stream of acidulous water might for ages obtain a free and unobstructed passage moria nothing is more common in limestone districts than the engulfment of rivers which after holding a subterranean course for many miles escape again by some new outlet as they are usually charged with fine sediment and often with sand and pebbles where they enter whereas they are usually pure and limpid where they flow out again they must deposit much matter in empty spaces in the interior of the earth in addition to the materials thus introduced stalagmite or carbonate of lime drops from the roofs of caverns and in this mixture the bones of animals washed in by rivers are often entombed 
in this manner we may account for those bony breccias which we often find in caves some of which are of high antiquity while others are very recent and in daily progress in no district are engulfed streams more conspicuous than in the moria where the phenomena attending them have been lately studied and described in great detail by mr bobley and his fellow laborers of the french expedition to greece their account is peculiarly interesting to geologists because it throws light on the red osseous breccias containing the bones of extinct quadrupeds which are so common in almost all the countries bordering the mediterranean it appears that the numerous caverns of the moria occur in a compact limestone of the age of the english chalk immediately below which are arenaceous strata refer to the period of our green sand in the more elevated districts of that peninsula there are many deep land-locked valleys or basins closed round on all sides by mountains of fissured and cavernous limestone the year is divided almost as distinctly as between the tropics into a rainy season which lasts upwards of four months and a season of drought of nearly eight months duration when the torrents are swollen by the rains they rush from surrounding heights into the enclosed basins but instead of giving rise to lakes as would be the case in most other countries they are received into gulfs or chasms called by the greeks catavathra and which correspond to what are termed swallow holes in the north of england the water of these torrents is charged with pebbles and red ochreous earth resembling precisely the well-known cement of the osseous breccias of the mediterranean it dissolves in acids with effervescence and leaves a residue of hydrated oxide of iron granular iron impalpable grains of silex and small crystals of quartz soil of the same description abounds everywhere on the surface of the decomposing limestone in greece that rock containing in it much siliceous and ferruginous matter many of the catavortha being insufficient to give passage to all the water in the rainy season a temporary lake is formed round the mouth of the chasm which then becomes still farther obstructed by pebbles sand and red mud thrown down from the turbid waters the lake being thus raised its waters generally escape through the other openings at higher levels around the borders of the plain constituting the bottom of the closed basin in some places as at kvaros and tripolitsa where the principal discharge is by a gulf in the middle of the plain nothing can be seen over the opening in summer when the lake dries up but a deposit of red mud cracked in all directions but the catavathron is more commonly situated at the foot of the surrounding escarpment of limestone and in that case there is sometimes room enough to allow a person to enter in summer and even to penetrate far into the interior within is seen a suite of chambers communicating with each other by narrow passages and mr Vurlet relates that in one instance he observed near the entrance human bones embedded in recent red mud 
mingled with the remains of plants and animals of species now inhabiting the moria is it not wonderful he says that the bones of man should be met with in such receptacles for so murderous have been the late wars in greece that skeletons are often seen lying exposed on the surface of the country in summer when no water is flowing into the catavothron its mouth half closed up with red mud is masked by a vigorous vegetation which is cherished by the moisture of the place it is then the favorite hiding place of den of foxes and jackals so that the same cavity serves at one season of the year for the habitation of carnivorous beasts and at the other as the channel of an engulfed river near the mouth of one chasm mr bobley and his companions saw the carcass of a horse in part devoured the size of which seems to have prevented the jackals from dragging it in the marks of their teeth were observed on the bones and it was evident that the floods of the ensuing winter would wash in whatsoever might remain of the skeleton it has been stated that the waters of all these torrents of the moria are turbid where they are engulfed but when they come out again often at the distance of many leagues they are perfectly clear and limpid being only charged occasionally with a slight quantity of calcareous sand the points of efflux are usually near the seashores of the moria but sometimes they are submarine and when this is the case the sands are seen to boil up for a considerable space and the surface of the sea in calm weather swells in large convex waves it is curious to reflect that when this discharge fails in seasons of drought the pressure of the sea may force its salt waters into subterraneous caverns and carry in marine sands and shells to be mingled with ossiferous mud and the remains of terrestrial animals in general however the efflux of water at these inferior openings is surprisingly uniform it seems therefore that the large caverns in the interior must serve as reservoirs and that the water escapes gradually from them in consequence of the smallness of the rents and passages by which they communicate with the surface the phenomena above described are not confined to the maria but occur in greece generally and in those parts of italy spain asia minor and syria where the formations of the moria extend the copaic lake in Boeotia is no outlet except by underground channels and hence can we explain those traditional and historical accounts of its having gained on the surrounding plains and overflowed towns as such floods must have happened whenever the outlet was partially choked up by mud gravel or the subsidence of rocks caused by earthquakes when speaking of the numerous fissures in the limestone of greece mr bobley reminds us of the famous earthquake of 469 b c when as we learn from cicero plutarch strabo and pliny sparta was laid in ruins part of the summit of mount tagetus torn off and numerous gulfs and fissures caused in the rocks of laconia during the great earthquake of sixteen ninety three in sicily 
several thousand people were at once entombed in the ruins of caverns in limestone at sartinio vecchio and at the same time a large stream which had issued for ages from one of the grottoes below that town changed suddenly its subterranean course and came out from the mouth of a cave lower down the valley where no water had previously flowed to this new point the ancient water-mills were transferred as i learnt when i visited the spot in eighteen twenty nine when the courses of engulfed rivers are thus liable to change from time to time by alternations in the levels of a country and by the rending and shattering of mountain masses we must suppose that the dens of wild beasts will sometimes be inundated by subterranean floods and their carcasses buried under heaps of alluvium the bones moreover of individuals which have died in the recesses of caves or of animals which have been carried in for prey may be drifted along and mixed up with the mud sand and fragments of rocks so as to form osseous breccias in eighteen thirty three i had an opportunity of examining the celebrated caves of franconia and among others that of rabenstein newly discovered their general form and the nature and arrangement of their contents appear to me to agree perfectly with the notion of their having once served as the channels of subterranean rivers this mode of accounting for the introduction of transported matter into the franconian and other caves filled up as they often are even to their roofs with osseous brescia was long ago proposed by m c prevost and seems at length to be very generally adopted but i do not doubt that bears inhabited some of the german caves or that the cavern of kirkdale in yorkshire was once the den of hyenas the abundance of bony dung associated with hyenas bones has been pointed out by dr buckland and with reason as confirmatory of this opinion the same author observed in every cave examined by him in germany that deposits of mud and sand with or without rolled pebbles and angular fragments of rock were covered over with a single crust of stalagmite in the english caves he remarked a similar absence of alterations of alluvium and stalagmite but dr schmerling has discovered in a cavern at chaquier about two leagues from liege three distinct beds of stalagmite and between each of them a mass of breccia and mud mixed with quartz pebbles and in the three deposits the bones of extinct quadrupeds this exception does not invalidate the generality of the phenomenon pointed out by dr buckland one cause of which may perhaps be this that if several floods pass at different intervals of time through a subterranean passage the last if it has power to drift along fragments of rock will also tear up any alternating stalagmitic and alluvial beds that may have been previously formed another cause may be that a particular line of caverns will rarely be so situated in relation to the lowest levels of a country as to become at two distinct epochs the receptacle of engulfed rivers and if this should happen some of the caves or at least the tunnels of communication 
may at the first period be entirely choked up with transported matter so as not to allow the subsequent passage of water in the same direction as the same chasms may remain open throughout the periods of indefinite duration the species inhabiting a country may in the meantime be greatly changed and thus the remains of animals belonging to very different epochs may become mingled together in a common tomb for this reason it is often difficult to separate the monuments of the human epoch from those relating to periods long antecedent and it was not without great care and skill that dr buckland was enabled to guard against such anachronisms in his investigations of several of the english caves he mentions that human skeletons were found in the cave of wokey hole near wells in the mendips dispersed through reddish mud and clay and some of them united by stalagmite into a firm osseous breccia the spot on which they lie is within reach of the highest floods of the adjacent river and the mud in which they are buried is evidently fluviatile in speaking of the cave of pavilion on the coast of the glamorganshire the same author states that the entire mass through which bones were dispersed appears to have been disturbed by ancient diggings so that the remains of extinct animals had become mixed with recent bones and shells in the same cave was a human skeleton and the remains of recent testacea of eatable species which may have been carried in by man in several caverns on the banks of the meuse near liege dr schermerling has found human bones in the same mud and breccia with those of the elephant rhinoceros bear and other quadrupeds of extinct species he has observed none of the dung of any of these animals and from this circumstance and the appearance of the mud and pebbles he concludes that these caverns were never inhabited by wild beasts but washed in by a current of water as the human skulls and bones were in fragments and no entire skeleton has been found he does not believe that these caves were places of sepulture but that the human remains were washed in at the same time as the bones of extinct quadrupeds and that these lost species of mammalia coexisted on the earth with man caverns in the south of france similar associations in the south of france of human bones and works of art with remains of extinct quadrupeds have induced other geologists to maintain that man was an inhabitant of that part of europe before the rhinoceros hyena tiger and many fossil species disappeared i may first mention the cavern of baiza in the department of aude where m marcel de Siret met with a small number of human bones mixed with those of extinct animals and with land shells they occur in a calcareous stony mass bound together by a cement of stalagmite on examining the same caverns m tournal found not only in these calcareous beds but also in black mud which overlies a red osseous mud several human teeth together with broken angular fragments of a rude kind of pottery and also recent marine and terrestrial shells the teeth preserve their enamel but the fangs are so much altered as to adhere strongly when applied to the tongue 
of the terrestrial shells thus associated with the bones and pottery the most common are cyclostoma elegans bulimus decolatus helix memoralis and h nitida among the marine are found pectin jacobius mytilus edulis and atica millipunctata all of them eatable kinds and which may have been brought there for food bones were found in the same mass belonging to three new species of deer the brown bear ursus arctoideus and the wild bull bos aurus formerly a native of germany in the same parts of france m de Cristol has found in caverns in a tertiary limestone at pondre and sobignargu two leagues north of lunalville in the department of hirol human bones and pottery confusedly mixed with remains of the rhinoceros bear hyena and other terrestrial mammifers they were embedded in alluvial mud of the solidity of calcareous tufa and containing some flint pebbles and fragments of the limestone of the country beneath this mixed accumulation which sometimes attained a thickness of thirteen feet is the original floor of the cavern about a foot thick covered with bones and the dung of animals album guicum in a sandy and tufaceous cement the human bones in these caverns of pondre and sovignargu were found upon a careful analysis to have parted with their animal matter to as great a degree as those of the hyena which accompany them and are equally brittle and adhere as strongly to the tongue in order to compare the degrees of alteration of these bones with those known to be of high antiquity m marcel de Cire and m ballot chemists of montpelier procured some form of gaulish sarcophagus in the plain of lunel supposed to have been buried for fourteen or fifteen centuries at least in these the cellular tissue was empty but they were more solid than fresh bones they did not adhere to the tongue in the same manner as those of the caverns of biza and pondre yet they had lost at least three-fourths of their original animal matter the superior solidity of the gaulish bones to those in a fresh skeleton is a fact in perfect accordance with the observations made by dr mantell on bones taken from a saxon tumulus near louis m tessier has also described a cavern near mielet in the department of gard where the remains of the bear and other animals were mingled confusedly with human bones coarse pottery teeth pierced for amulets pointed fragments of bone bracelets of bronze and a roman urn part of this deposit reached to the roof of the cavity and adhered firmly to it the author suggests that the exterior portion of the grotto may at one period have been a den of bears and that afterwards the aboriginal inhabitants of the country took possession of it either for a dwelling or a burial place and left there the coarse pottery amulets and pointed pieces of bone at a third period the romans may have used the cavern as a place of sepulture or concealment and to them may have belonged the urn and bracelets of metal 
if we then suppose the course of the neighboring river to be impeded by some temporary cause a flood would be occasioned which rushing into the open grotto may have washed all the remains into the interior caves and tunnels heaping the whole confusedly together in the controversy which has arisen on this subject messieurs marcel de cires de cristol tournal and others have contended that the phenomena of this and other caverns in the south of france prove that the fossil rhinoceros hyena bear and several other lost species were once contemporaneous inhabitants of the country together with man desnoyers has supported the opposite opinion the flint hatchets and arrowheads he says and the pointed bones and coarse pottery of many french and english caves agree precisely in character with those found in the tumuli and under the dolmens rude altars of unhewn stone of the primitive inhabitants of gaul britain and germany the human bones therefore in the caves which are associated with such fabricated objects must belong not to antediluvian periods but to a people in the same stage of civilization as those who constructed the tumuli and altars in the gaulish monuments we find together with the objects of industry above mentioned the bones of wild and domestic animals of species now inhabiting europe particularly of deer sheep wild boar dogs horses and oxen this fact has been ascertained in quercy and other provinces and it is supposed to be antiquaries that the animals in question were placed beneath the celtic altars in memory of sacrifices offered to the gaulish divinity hasus and in the tombs to commemorate funeral repasts and also from a supposition prevalent among savage nations which induces them to lay up provisions for the manes of the dead in a future life but in none of these ancient monuments have any bones been found of the elephant rhinoceros hyena tiger and other quadrupeds such as are found in caves as might certainly have been expected had these species continued to flourish at the time that this part of gaul was inhabited by man we are also reminded by m des noyers of a passage in floris in which it is related that caesar ordered the caves into which the aquitanian gauls had retreated to be closed up it is also on record that so late as the eighth century the aquitanians defended themselves in caverns against king pepin as many of these caverns therefore may have served in succession as temples and habitations as places of sepulture concealment or defence it is easy to conceive that human bones and those of animals in osseous breccias of much older date may have been swept away together by inundations and then buried in one promiscuous heap it is not on the evidence of such intermixtures that we ought readily to admit either the high antiquity of the human race or the recent date of certain lost species of quadrupeds among the various modes in which the bones of animals become preserved independently of the agency of land floods and engulfed rivers i may mention that open fissures often serve as natural pitfalls in which 
herbivorous animals perish. This may happen the more readily when they are chased by beasts of prey, or when surprised while carelessly browsing on the shrubs, which so often overgrow and conceal the edges of fissures. During the excavations recently made near Bahat in India, the bones of two deer were found at the bottom of an ancient well which had been filled up with alluvial loam. Their horns were broken to pieces, but the jawbones and other parts of the skeleton remained tolerably perfect. Their presence, says Captain Cautley, is easily accounted for as a great number of these and other animals are constantly lost in galloping over the jungles and among the high grass by falling into deserted wells. Above the village of Selside, near Ingleborough in Yorkshire, a chasm of enormous but unknown depth occurs in the Scar limestone, a member of the Carboniferous series. The chasm, says Professor Sedgwick, is surrounded by grassy shelving banks, and many animals, tempted towards its brink, have fallen down and perished in it. The approach of the cattle is now prevented by a strong lofty wall, but there can be no doubt that during the last two or three thousand years great masses of bony breccia must have accumulated in the lower parts of the great fissure, which probably descends through the whole thickness of the scar limestone to the depth of perhaps five or six hundred feet. When any of these natural pitfalls happen to communicate with lines of subterranean caverns, the bones, earth, and breccia may sink by their own weight, or be washed into the vaults below. At the north extremity of the rock of Gibraltar are perpendicular fissures, on the ledges of which a number of hawks nestle and rear their young in the breeding season. They throw down from their nests the bones of small birds mice and other animals on which they feed, and these are gradually united into a breccia of angular fragments of the decomposing limestone with a cement of red earth. At the pass of Iscrenay in France, on the northern escarpment of the Corian Hills, near Aubina, I have seen a breccia in the act of forming. Small pieces of disintegrating limestone are transported during heavy rains by a streamlet, to the foot of the declivity, where land shells are very abundant. The shells and pieces of stone soon become cemented together by a stalagmite into a compact mass, and the talus thus formed is in one place fifty feet deep and five hundred yards wide. So firmly is the lowest portion consolidated that it is quarried for millstones. Recent Stalagmitic Limestone of Cuba one of the most singular examples of the recent growth of stalagmitic limestone in caves and fissures is that described by Mr. R. C. Taylor as observable on the northeast part of the island of Cuba. The country there is composed of a white marble, in which are numerous cavities, partially filled with a calcareous deposit of a brick-red color. In this red deposit are shells, or often the hollow casts of shells, chiefly referable to eight or nine species of land snails, a few scattered bones of quadrupeds, and what is still more singular, marine univalve shells, often at the height of many hundred or even one thousand feet above the sea. The following explanation is given on the gradual increase of this deposit. 
land snails of the genera helix cyclostoma pupa and clausilia retire into the caves the floors of which are strewed with myriads of their dead and unoccupied shells at the same time that water infiltered through the mountain throws down carbonate of lime enveloping the shells together with fragments of the white limestone which occasionally falls from the roof multitudes of bats resort to the caves and their dung which is of a bright red color probably derived from the berries on which they feed imparts its red hue to the mass sometimes also the hushia or great indian rat of the island dies and leaves its bones in the caves at certain seasons the soldier crabs resort to the seashore and then return from their pilgrimage each carrying with them or rather dragging the shell of some marine univalve for many a weary mile they may be traced even at the distance of eight or ten miles from the shore on the summit of mountains twelve hundred feet high like the pilgrims of the olden times each bearing his shell to denote the character and extent of his wanderings. By this means, several species of marine testacea of the genera Trochus, Turbo, Latorina, and Monodonta are conveyed into inland caverns and enter into the composition of the newly formed rock. End of section 98